Welcome to Movie Maker. My name's Eric Stoyer. Today on the show, whew, man, we, we got another one. Uh, we've been dropping hot episodes lately. If you haven't checked out that Regina King interview from last week, go do that. Uh, Trayvon Free was great. Sam Pollard was on the last episode, amazing guy to talk to. But, but today, another one, another one. Uh, Derek Del Gaudio and Frank Oz. Amazing, amazing. Um, I bet you know who Frank Oz is. He's someone who means a lot to a lot of us from his work with the Muppets, Sesame Street, Star Wars. <laughs> Perhaps you've heard of a little green man <laughs> named Yoda. Uh, no, I know he's not a man. But uh, Frank Oz, so much more. He's an actor, an accomplished director. And two of my favorite Frank Oz movies are Little Shop of Horrors, 86 version, and, and What About Bob, which is... Uh, underrated i think it's um i think it's known for being like a, like a frustrating comedy but it's it's hilarious and if uh, i know it's got a lot of fans but uh, some people may be unfamiliar with that if you don't know that one go check it out uh, but you know all this about frank oz you're you're into movies you're not some some rube now, derek del gaudio i was not familiar with but let me tell you people that know the work of derek del gaudio they love the work of derek del gaudio they love what he does and and how he does it and and, and what he has to say so um, they are the performer and director of a new film that's out today on Hulu, and it's called In and of Itself. In and of Itself uh, was a stage show that was created by Derek Del Gaudio and directed by Frank Oz. So Frank Oz directed the film and also the stage show version. And the play was very beloved, uh, more than 500 performances uh, in New York. And um, it's a hard show to describe, and I think that's the point of it in a lot of ways, is to create something that defies easy categorization. Uh, it's very personal and deep storytelling. Uh, there's an, an illusion aspect to it. Uh, in the little pre-interview conversation I had with these guys, I actually tried to pitch my description of what it was, and Frank Oz told me that I blew it, which was as actually, weirdly, the, the best thing that anyone said to me that day. I hope you enjoyed this interview. I know I enjoyed talking to these guys. You can always send me feedback at eric at moviemaker.com. And without any further ado, Derek Del Gaudio and Frank Oz. I read an interview with you, Derek, from a few years ago where you where you said uh, specifically that you didn't see this being a film necessarily. And, and wh why didn't you think that it could or should happen at the time? You know, I, I still think that it shouldn't exist as a film in a sense because what we did is impossible. I don't think it. I don't think it necessarily uh, uh, wanted to be a film. Uh, but I, I think that I think that theater is its own medium that generally I don't think translates well uh, on film. Uh, you can capture it. You can you can uh, show people at home what people in a theater saw. But I had no interest in doing that. I had no interest in just showing people what people in the theater saw. So I thought, well, I, I don't really see the point, but at a certain point after doing the show long enough, I, I started to realize that what, what, what was happening in the room could, could possibly be translated to film because it stopped being about the, the, it stopped being a theater show. It, it, start, it started to be what it what it always was in my head and in Frank's head, which is this kind of this experience that existed outside of any context, even though it was in obviously a context of theater. The moment it started to become what Frank and I always envisioned, I, 
I could start to see how it possibly could be translated. But before that, it just didn't even seem like an option. Assuming that it is quite hard to capture something that happens on stage in a way that works well in film, um, and you know that there are lots of attempts uh, that don't work well, um, you chose to keep things quite intimate and not a whole lot of extra cinematic flourishes, uh, if that's the right phrase. But w was there a version of things where you imagined a very different approach? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was leading Derek, to, hey, hey, we got to use the B, the B footage. And we were going to use the backstage footage uh, and connect it, intercut it with the footage on the screen uh, on stage. And what happened, you know, was we just, uh, it just didn't work. It just, uh, the movie told us what to do. So it looks like there are several dozen instances of the performance that were filmed and incorporated in different ways. So, so how, how hard was that to edit and how long did that take? It seems like it'd be brutal. It was brutal. I mean, I don't have any, I don't have any comparison. Frank, you should take that because it, it was brutal, but I don't have anything to compare it to. So. I don't think it was brutal. I mean, edit, I love editing and, and, uh, Derek has become amazing at it. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, any film that you shoot, you have to be brutal and take things out that you love. That's where the brutality comes from. The brutality wasn't there for that. It was, it was just hard slogging and telling our minds to shut up and let the film tell us what to do. That's really what it was. Yeah. And, and, and also, also wading through the footage and knowing, you know, what, what, what works and what doesn't in terms of how to tell the story properly. So, so in practical terms, I mean, how, how did you do it? Do you, do you rewatch each one of the performances in full and then find parts that you liked? Just, just what's the, what's the process? How does it work? Yeah. I watched everything several times and it was many, 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 many hours. Yeah, you have to you have to go through every damn frame uh, because the frames that you don't use, you say, "Oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to look at it." Those are the possible gems. Uh, Derek, had you had you made any kind of film before? No, I hadn't. I, I'd been around the filmmaking process. I'd worked on films before, but I'd never start to finish. You know, made a film in its entirety. What did you What did you learn from uh, from Frank about making a film? Oh man, um, don't do it. It's hard. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's a it's it's a it's it's um, uh, patience. I think is really important, and attention to detail, uh, and not being lazy about about any of it. Really, you can't the the you can't not pay attention at any moment. I feel like you, you have to really be mindful of, of, of every part of the process in, in order for it to, to be what you want it to be. Because uh, if you're not, you're not going to end up with the, with the piece that you want. And, and seeing, seeing how much time you can invest in a single moment uh, is, it was really valuable for me. And also, also just the process of filmmaking in terms of, especially in the, the post-production where, where, you know, Frank and I got to sit down for, you know, a year and, and, uh, and, and just watch footage together and cut it together and seeing how that works. I had a, you know, an elementary, you know, knowledge of how these things work, but to see 
the difference between, you know, uh, you know, what shaving off a couple frames will do was really revelatory in a way. Yeah. Uh, Derek was just really just was not just learned so much. He was, uh, we really directed that together, you know, it was just amazing. Um, you know, there's an old trope in movies, which is there's uh, three movies you make, the movie you write, the movie you shoot, the movie you edit. And anybody who's made a lot of movies knows that's true. So when you edit a movie, or one, in my opinion, of course, when one edits a movie, it you don't, you're not slavish to what you shot or what you wrote. It's an entirely new entity. And so what you have to do is try all these things and wait until something feels right. And then that feels right. And this feels right. And all of a sudden, all those things that feel right start forming the movie that you're editing. Is there something that uh, comes to mind for you, Frank, uh, something that you've learned from Derek through your creative relationship? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Derek's... uh, you know, uh, our our relationship is is really uh, really beneficial to, to to work. He he comes from a particular place, and I and I come from a particular place. And uh, you know, it, it my experience has been uh, mainly large movies and uh, entertaining an audience or compelling an audience because of the huge budgets that I have. I have to make sure that I connect with the people. Now, Derek works from a soul that comes from another angle and it's an unusual soul and it's extraordinary soul. And he's not coming from the angle of, I got to please a lot of, a lot of people. So I try and not please people, but I try and make a connection with people, but I can't make a connection until I have something to make a connection with. And that's Derek's stuff. And Derek in turn probably has difficulty making a connection, making it whole because his ideas are oddly enough at the same time, they're disparate and at the same time, they're the same. <laughs> it's odd. So, so I, I learned, I learned, um, I, I think I learned from Derek mostly, um, that angle he comes from. I was open to that angle he comes from, which is an extraordinary angle. Uh, and that that's really wonderful. There's a line at the beginning of the film that says it's easy to lie on stage and even easier to lie in a film. Uh, what does that mean? On stage, uh, you, you, you're living life in real time. And, and uh, I'm not able to to cut out anything or or you know cut around anything in real life what you're seeing and hearing is is what's whether or not the the statements uh, are true in the theatrical context i mean if they were in our show but i'm saying like you could you could ins- you could insert a, a tiger in the background on film you can you can present you can present uh fictions in a way that you can't I mean, it's a marvel movie i mean you can't do the avengers live and if you did you wouldn't believe any of it because it just wouldn't rise to the to the level of of artifice that can be a, a substitute for truth or or a, to deliver the truth. You know, it can't be so real hyper realistic that you actually fall fall into the fantasy and start to believe it. You couldn't do that with with, with something that required that much imagination. Um, so it is easier to lie on film in that regard, and that you can you can be more 
even more dishonest if you if you choose to in terms of creating a fictional a fictional world yeah and 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 you know Derek is not acting or performing on stage he was not uh that you know there's enough artifice by the very nature of being in a theater one doesn't want to put that much artifice on top of that with acting uh in this regard in a way you know other plays and such you have to but but this one, it, he, he, he was living every moment on stage and moving forward saying the next thing, which has been written, but he wouldn't say it until he couldn't not say it. And that took a lot out of him. But, but what, what the audience didn't see is exactly what Derek said, which is the close-up. The close-up, it means everything. It's, it changed everything absolutely and they and 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 in addition to the close-up you know people people uh like like you you couldn't see you saw mostly the backs of people's heads in the audience yeah you saw this july i was in the back all the time yeah and so so like uh there were this with the film you see my perspective often you get to see what i got to see i remember derek at the end there i uh, i i wasn't sure if i agreed agreed with what you were doing at the very end and oh yeah 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 that was that? great and and then I, and then you're right and then i realized that because i was seeing it from the back <laughs> I yeah wasn't your, your subtle transitions and moments you know yeah, and and Frank was right in the context of the theater because it may have not read that way. But it, what he's referring to is the final, the final moments. If you haven't seen the film, please watch it before you listen any further. But uh, in the final moments, I I kind of give a speech wrapping up the the you know what I've learned from this, and I get very emotional. And Frank always questioned how emotional I got at the end because uh, it was consistent that I was very worked up at the end. And, and he, he rightfully so questioned it. It's like, I, maybe it's a little uh, m- much. And, 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 uh, and then when, we, when he saw it on film, he said, oh my God, I never realized how angry you were at yourself. Like how you see in the film at that moment when I'm saying that I am the Lutista, the not just the pain of, of, of the realization, but the, the, the anger at myself for allowing myself to become something that someone else said I was and how, how angry I was at myself for having, having, having become how someone else saw me, you know, and, and, and that doesn't necessarily read from, you know, five feet away or, or at the, you know, at the bottom of the stairs where people are looking up at me, they, they, they just saw a man kind of like upset. And Frank saw the back of my head and he knew what was happening, but the close-up reveals how the, the, re- the real, the true emotion that was, that was going on and what I was experiencing. And it, you can just see it. You see that this guy's a, he's upset with him. He's disappointed in himself and how do you let himself down? He's angry at that. Not just I'm sad. It wasn't, it wasn't ever I'm sad. It was how could you do this to yourself? You know? How could you become this uh, when, when you know, when you knew that this wasn't who you were? Um, and so, uh, yeah, that that was sort of like a revelation on film for 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 
Frank in a way that was great because it, it, it he saw something for the first time that after 700 performances he knew it was effective and working, but it, it was counter to, you know, to, to, to what you would think might be what I should be doing based on the, just not being able to see the close up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, um, of, of how you, you are on stage, if you, you've done this hundreds of times and then, and then I guess, how, how is it different when you know it's being filmed? How, how do you feel different? I, I didn't, didn't, it didn't, it didn't affect me. Uh, I mean, maybe it did in a way that I'm not aware, but I, I try, like Frank said, like about, he, it's very nuanced. Like when he says I wasn't acting, it doesn't mean I'm not suicidal. I don't go, you know, it's not like a, it wasn't a cry for help uh, in any way or therapy, um, but it was, but it was, I had to, the, the, the show was a gauntlet that I threw down for myself every night. Literally, literally like, was it, it was not, a fun show to do uh and and just by the nature of of doing this it was taxing on me physically i was the only person who could do the show uh i had no days off really it was just a just an exhausting uh a marathon yeah and so there was no need to act uh because it was really hard to do and I, I, uh, Frank was very, uh, he, unlike any other director, I think I would ever encounter in the sense that like, I would say to him sometimes like, Hey, do you think I, should I speak up a little? Like, I feel like, I feel like people can't hear me in the back and he'd be like, you know, fuck them, let them lean in. They should lean in if they want to hear you, you know, Mm -hmm. and not, not, not which is the opposite of what theater directors might say of like, oh yeah, project, use your diaphragm, project a little more, you know, and so they can hear you in the back. No, it's like, if they can't hear you, they can't hear you. They should lean in. They should listen harder. Ask the person next to them. Like, like this is not theater. This is a, this is life on stage that we're bringing to them. And so uh, I, I approached, I approached it that way. Cameras on, cameras off. So it didn't really, uh, you know, and, and, if, and if there are cameras in the room, like I don't, pretend like there's not cameras in the room because I didn't, it wasn't that kind of work. I guess if there's a camera, I'm sure there were nights where I like had to excuse me and get behind it, get by a camera guy, you know? So uh, we ruined, we ruined a few shows to do um, some shots where a cameraman had to be like on stage with me. And, and I, I commented on it that night because uh, I knew that you it's, it's an elephant in the room. There's the camera on stage, but and the more comfortable you are with it, I think the more, I think the more comfortable the audience is with it. Uh, so, but yeah, it didn't didn't really affect affect me that that I can recall. Uh, just just one last question. Um, I, I've been thinking about um, you know the movie theater experience has temporarily been taken away from most people's lives, and, and certainly the live ex- theater experience too. So both will come back, but in different ways. And, and how much have you thought about um, how? going out to see things will change and the kind of demands that that'll put on uh, creators or, may, or maybe it's better described as opportunities for creators. Well, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the uh, previous pandemic and I, you know, theater was theater beforehand and theater was theater afterwards uh, with changes, but nothing uh, structural, nothing that, uh, that really changed the medium. So in my opinion, 
the unfortunate thing is less people will go out because they're so used to watching it in, at home, even more so than they were prior to the pandemic. But, but you know, theater has been hanging around for a hell of a long time. And uh, it really, ha the real heart and soul of it is pretty much the same as it's always been. Guys, thanks for hanging out and talking. It's it's a really beautiful film, and I will uh, I've taken note that it is indeed difficult to describe. And I will <laughs> as I as I tell friends about it, I will I'll say you just got to see it. I can't tell you about it. Perfect. It 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 yeah. I'm it's exactly right, Eric. It's not it's not uh, it's not a sell job by doing that. It's actually the truth. Yeah. Well, I, I did love it. It uh, it was it was unique, and I and I appreciated it. Great. Thanks, Eric. Thank you very much, Eric. All right. Thanks for listening to Movie Maker, a little podcast that we enjoy doing and we hope you enjoy listening to. Uh, you can check us out at MovieMaker.com where we post stories every day about movies and movie making and movie makers. And uh, you should also subscribe to, to Movie Maker's print magazine. That's my opinion. Every issue's got great interviews with amazing filmmakers and all around a great resource for people interested in the art and craft of making movies. You can uh, follow us on social at Movie Maker Mag. And, uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And say a nice thing or two about us while you're there. We'll be back soon with another episode of Movie Maker. And we hope you will be there to join us. Until then, take care of yourselves.